0: What is up? My name is Kyle. I am with Danny. This is Podcast of X. We are here once again live. I am staring at Danny's head. It is is quite a head, if you will. (laughs) And I
1: am staring at the reflection of Kyle in my computer screen. (laughs) It is quite a reflection, if you will.
0: (laughs) And we are talking today about Marauders. I'll show him. Now, last week we talked about a little bit of uh, X-Men issue number one. We got to meet the Summers family. We got to see a mission go down. But this week we're going to see something a little different, a little lighter. Uh, we're also introduced to a story that is not done by Hickman himself. This territory is territory for us. New territory, indeed. Uh, we are introduced to the Marauders via Jerry Dugan. Now, what is your familiarity with Jerry Dugan? Have you read his Deadpool or have you read his.
1: I have not read uh, anything by him. I'm I've... not familiar with him in the least bit. So, this was definitely my first uh, foyer or uh, fray, if you will, into uh, Jerry Dugan. And and
0: like it was him. definitely something different. I am very unfamiliar with his work. I, I did read a little bit of his Deadpool, but it didn't stand out amongst the Deadpool stuff to me.
1: I heard that that's what he's most famous for, is that people really liked his Deadpool run. And considering he writes in a more lighthearted approach, I guess that would lend itself quite well to Deadpool.
0: Yes. Um, So it's going to be exciting to watch him tackle this, along with these other very darker stories that we're going to be discussing throughout the story story storyline.
1: Yeah, and we're seeing a complete rebranding of what the Marauders really were in the, the uh, Marvel myth- mythos. Uh, this, this Marauders team is, is pretty much the closest take on like a, a legit X-Men version of the Marauders team. Like if the Marauders were just a, uh, if you will, a special ops group for, or a uh, smuggling group, if you will, for the, the X-Men in, in a proper sense. And, you're not getting uh your your Sinisters Marauder though. Pyro is still there. He's yes. he, he's the linking chain, if you will, to the original Marauders, but aside from that, it is a vastly new team.
0: Yes, very, very new. This is not Mr. Sinister's Marauders whatsoever. We're getting a very, very different take on it. But not
1: your grandma's Marauders.
0: <laughs> not your not your grandma's Marauders, folks. So Strava in. But yes, we start off with Kitty Pride. Storm, Nightcrawler, and a few others, and we're next to a portal. And uh, we're all—they're ju- all just gathering here, and they're bringing some mutants home. One of those mutants is Kitty Pride And we
1: find ourselves at the Kricoan, uh Central Park portal.
0: Yes, it's,
1: uh, Hickman established during uh, the Houses and Powers of X series that there were multiple Kricoa, uh portal locations that were. Uh, meant strategically for bringing in mutants. The one with the Central Park location is the one they're going to lead off with in Marauders, and that's how we start with Kitty's story. Uh, we do a bit of a jump back, because this is not current time. They're going to explain that how Kitty essentially ended up being a part of the Marauders, and this is a bit of a time jump backwards to the first time she tries to actually go to Kroko.
0: Yes, and uh, Storm and Nightcrawler invite her into the portal, and she's like, "I'll see you there." And as she walks through the portal, she is denied access and runs straight into it like a brick wall.
1: Base plant and all, like blood splatter. It's it's like if any of us have ever ran into anything, <laughs> it's that moment.
0: It's pretty brutal.
1: You just don't expect it, and then your face is just met with flat surface. <laughs> It was a good It was a good an, uh, illustration too, because there's like a nice wave of just blood like echoing around her face and just complete discomfort in her, her um, expression.
0: Yes. <laughs> now, uh, Kokoa lets in whoever it wants to, but ultimately it's supposed to let in all mutants. Now this begs the question, is she a mutant? Does, is, is this suggesting that she's not a mutant, or is this suggesting that Krakoa is trying to deny her access for a reason, perhaps?
1: Maybe as a defense mechanism, like it deems there's a threat for some reason, or some sort of uh, issue that could be detrimental to mutandom in some greater sense. Like Krakoa is a very philosophically deep but also unique creature because it doesn't function as like a human would. In the sense of uh, how we would deal with issues, it looks at a grander scale. So it could be noting something about Kitty here that is impacting the greater story and the and putting mutants at jeopardy in a way. And that could be why it's it's barring her. But we get no lead on that, and that story is still a thread that is uh, up in the air currently. But it is is now is now been laid down that Kitty cannot use the portals. She is yes. banned from her portal use.
0: And uh, so, because she does not have access to cocoa, she has to travel via boat. And uh, she's traveling via boat. but Before that, we get like a
1: like a dossier on yeah. Sinister's weird little menacings and and like notations it's an interesting little graphic where they break down just like a couple little notes about the the kind of what's going on with sinister and how he's tied to this a little bit as well which is cool because it flushes out his character and kind of his uh greater plans and his uh secret workings of the background
0: Yes, in, indeed. And uh, it kind of goes through also what Kitty's been up to as she's traveling. Oh, yeah, I got ahead that. of myself. That's yeah, the You got, on a, little, you got yeah. a little ahead, but. That's uh, it. This, this, but, uh, part, this, this part is,
1: is, is Kitty's day to day. The next ride we get into will
0: be this Yeah. Piece. So this is kind of her day to day as she's traveling. Lockheed's doing some some crazy stuff. <laughs> she's wondering why she brought so much booze back, et cetera, et cetera. And as she's traveling, um, she finally makes it to Krakoa after Lockheed. Viciously destroys a seagull.
1: Yeah, he just obliterates that thing. Like it's funny because we get let in with this little like log of her sea travels. So it's like you never picture like um, Kitty as like someone with like a bit of a like a sailor or like with sea, seafaring legs or anything like that. She's always been kind of like the the heart and soul child. Of like the X-Men and what they've been building over the years. But now we get, you know, Sea Captain Kitty going around, cruising the sea with Lockheed, yes. who's just eating seagulls to pass the time and sharing the wings with Kitty, who couldn't be less than thrilled to receive this gift from, you know, it's like when you get a dead rat from a cat. You're like, cool, buddy. I mean, I get you're helping me out, but it's gross.
0: <laughs> I you're lost at sea... Having, having Lockheed around would be so helpful. Go well, get yeah, go for, be, go give me some protein.
1: He's like an alien dragon who has, a, you know, a fire breath. He can fly around so you can navigate. He has a greater intelligence so he could help you with that stuff. But not only could he bring the food to you, he could literally cook it right there, you know?
0: Yes. But we make it to Krakula and uh, she conveniently docks right near the... Uh, portals, where the exit portals are, and she walks right up to the portal and pushes it and and confirms that she still cannot go through any portals. And when this happens, she is met with Iceman, the Man of Ice...
1: Can we, we... note real quick, though, the the motif they use in, like, the art style for, like, the anime, like, kind of, like, oh, stare yes. that she gets? Because she's like, well, maybe if I can't go through the portal coming in, maybe I can go coming out. Yeah. And she's trying, and she's, like, pushing against it and everything. And this kid just shows up. This little mutant kid is, like, eating ice cream and is just like, oh, I heard about you. You're the mutant and can't use the portals. Well, what's that about? And she turns around and glares at them with, like, yes. that little sparkle in her eye that you get, like, in a lot of, like... Very anime ass, like yeah. like an anime trope kind of thing. And it's just... It's really funny to see it in an X-Men comic, but she's just, like, conveying so much evil. Like, you know what, kid? Just back off. I'm dealing with shit right
0: here. Get <laughs> out of my face! <laughs> I don't want
1: to deal with this. i yes. <laughs> been through enough, okay? I had to spend, like, ten years of my life inside a giant space bullet. Just leave me alone.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. Good times, but that Iceman rolls up and he's all just chipper because you know he can use the portal whenever he wants, so none yeah. of this bothers him. <laughs>
0: this
1: him.
0: Yeah, at oh, all. Geez. And um, as as Iceman and uh, Kitty are talking, we are met with the reason why Kitty, uh, or the reason for Kitty's adventures. Kind of Logan. Logan comes up and is like, "My supplies are here, <laughs> finally."
1: He just like runs past both of them and is like, "Sweet Jesus, my <laughs> supplies!" Finally, just dives into the ocean, and is like swimming all the way out to the like ported ship by himself, <laughs> just to unload on all the stuff that you find out. Kitty's big secret mission was to yes. load Logan up on his shit. <laughs> yeah,
0: you got some, you got some whiskey, you got some beer. We got, yeah. we got okay. shopping. Yes, list. literally, get a page of Logan's shopping list. We get some ribs um canadian
1: club whiskey that not, just sounds so fancy and it's actually
0: easy. not it's pretty low end right little canadian club whiskey I guess, it comes out it, pl-
1: it sounds fancy like yeah. like uh, members only club jackets
0: <laughs> so, suds
1: i guess oh oh all right i guess then it is more your generic run it just sounds better it's like the, the highlight <laughs> our,
0: you want sandwiches though oh, oh, is. oh it sounds the, amazing the cubano
1: sandwiches those are now those are fancy. Those are good sandwiches. If you ever get a chance, folks, to get Cubano sandwiches, that yeah, before your life ends.
0: Yes, please do that. <laughs> list
1: that, that shit right now.
0: So amazing, so I, delightful. I
1: about them and just stumbled upon it. And a friend was like, "Yeah, try it. We're here. This place. It serves them. Get down." And I was like, "All right, I'll try it." And sure enough, it lived up to its uh. Hype. Believe the hype on that one.
0: Believe the hype um and so and
1: we'll some pomade and coffee <laughs>
0: yeah some pomade which is interesting you didn't think that uh, he would care much that much about his hair right yeah that's
1: a kind of a, a bit of a, a classy thing i guess but i mean look at his hair how does it stay so spiky maybe that's that that's the reveal that's a little bit of a retcon to wolverine Is his hair is normally really like flat and goes down <laughs> but he gets that pomade <laughs> and does his hair up all the time Oh, uh, The secret origin story of Wolverine's hair Has been revealed
0: Yeah, So he goes off He wanders off And then uh, Iceman essentially bounces He's just like BRB I'm out of here And she's like show off I can't go through this Fuck you you're an asshole And as that happens We are met with Emma Frost Who is telepathically talking to uh, Kitty
1: as if it was, like, some business lady who was walking around with, like, a Jabra on her ear. And she's just trying to net network while she's working and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she's, like, literally getting in a car as, like, a, a chauffeur. And she's just, like, going from work. <laughs> and she's just chilling, talking <laughs> with Kitty. Handling errands while being a busy lady running her, her drug media um, drug mogul empire.
0: How does this work? Her telepathic, like, this conference that's happening. Is Kitty actually sitting in this car? or
1: I think he, Kitty is mentally being projected in a way that is something that is only visual, I think, to Emma. I think this is supposed to be something like the visual representation of what Emma is seeing in her own mind. She's gotcha. able to pull Kitty's consciousness to the car. Maybe kind of like something like how like they can use the astral plane for something like this to like communicate long distances. Maybe he's or maybe she's pulling uh, Kitty's psyche out of the astral plane and putting it in the car in that weird manifestation, and then having a combo with it while they roll. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> or
1: this is all just taking place in in Kitty's head, and that's, that's maybe more of what's going on. But it's interesting. I like the visual they use to represent it, as if they're just chilling next to each other talking, but really, like, hundreds of thousands of miles away.
0: Oh, yeah. And essentially... Kitty Pride's just like, you son of a bitch, I'm in.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was like, I'm putting together a team for some I'm putting, jobs. I'm putting together a team. You can get a crew going, you can have a ship. <laughs> and then <laughs> Cat's like, I am booking in, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Let's get it together. i have always like, you kidding me? Get out of town! I've always wanted to be a ship captain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a good transition, because really, that's what Emma Frost serves as. Kitty's going to be the captain Emma's going to be the handler for her crew and pretty much the one who's going to be orchestrating all their uh, ex- excursions.
0: Yes. Um, yes, and we touched on this in House of X where we learn that Emma will be running the operations of smuggling uh, uh, Cullin- 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 of yeah. stuff in as well as helping smuggle uh, X-Men out uh, of uh, mutants out of wherever they're smuggling the flowers in too. The flowers and mutants must flow. <laughs> must flow just like the spice, like the spice people. It all comes together. So we
1: get a nice little like, breakdown of like kind of also the big happenings uh, around the world with the reaction because the Krakoan, um portals. Were strategically placed in a lot of areas where they would be viable for mutants and just the public in general to understand what's going on and some of the portals are in a little more hairier locations like there's literally one with a military base built around it in russia and then there's another one where there's like a crazed habitat built around it of like anti-mutant like creatures that just chill and post out outside of it like some of these locations have been yeah. kind of turned on their head because the rest of the world is just like whoa we're not cool with these mutant portals and so they're handling it in their own unique and yet frightening ways
0: yeah and it's showing that it's the portals aren't the end-all solution to get all mutants out of out of other nations and into to um so there has to be other methods that need to be taken to help these people escape, essentially.
1: Yeah, they can't just rely on the portals 100% because if they don't, there's going to be whole swaths of mutants that are left out to dry.
0: So many dry mutants. You don't want to try <laughs> I mean, Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh. got to marinate them a little bit. now we're cutting into what uh, we pick up with uh, Iceman
0: now. Iceman, where he left, he BRB'd, he went through a portal, and we find out that he went to Russia, right? And uh, we're at, like, this Russian dock, and we're met with uh, what seems to be a nation-state Russians. Now, the Russians, during this time, it seems like they're being used as uh, tools for the Russian government um, instead of being executed brutally.
1: Yes, it does seem like that they're they it's it's much more of like a totalitarian like internment kind of situation. And especially you could tell that their stance by how they approach the Krakoan portal. I mean Iceland comes out and the, the Russian officials are essentially just like, We want none of your people here. We don't want your portal here. Get the hell out of our country. We we don't want to deal with any of this. Like any mutants we have are ours. And and this goes back to kind of an older thing and like the stories where when originally mutants started popping up around the world, the Russians, uh, the government specifically, was running around going like, we got to get them all. Like we got to get them. We got to put them into military training. We have to turn them into weapons. They needed to weaponize all the mutants. And that's what led like Colossus to join the X Men is essentially he was like, oh man, I got the Russians hounding me, and Charles is like, here's a way out. Join up with me, and you won't have to deal with any of this. And that's pretty much what led that to that point. But where we are now is is still the old mentality of a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And spent here to try to shepherd what mutants are trying to get through. He's, he's, he's here in a cocky way of saying, like, I'm a badass, Meg mega-level mutant. Like, let all the mutants through, no matter what. You know, let my people go. <laughs> get, get out of the way. And... <laughs> and all,
0: is like Oh uh, while eating a chicken leg. Yeah,
1: exactly. Oh leg. Eric and a sparkling gets nothing. And it's so funny because he gets the biggest reality check right here.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. And he just gets like assaulted by this uh, guy hair this makeshift Iron Man and he's using mutant dampening armor and we just see a naked Iceman, powerless, wearing sandals and underwear still. Yeah, that was kind
1: of funny. I didn't notice the sandals at first, and I was like, "It's <laughs> a weird fashion choice." Does that like make it easier to walk? Did the sandals get icy when he turns like Iceman, or right. oh, I see how that works? But okay, <laughs> make it maybe it makes it easier for him to slide on that ramp that he makes. Like the sandals so. get perfect like flatness and friction. <laughs> So Yeah, but reality is like brought up to Bobby right away because he's now just he's not just a dude who's naked and in sandals with well he drops fried chicken, so he doesn't even have that. He just he, like, yeah. he doesn't even have chicken. Nothing.
0: You gotta have chicken. <laughs> yeah. So he bounces. He's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. I, I can't.
1: <laughs> he Fuck it. <laughs> <Bucket. laughs> Left a sandal behind and everything. Like Oh man, God. <laughs> this portal's crazy. Yeah. Russians fucking serious, man. Like, what's their problem?
0: <laughs> it's insane. And yeah, he comes back through the portal, through Krakow, and he's met with a drunk kitty, just still hanging out at the docks, still hanging out near the boats, getting drunk, getting frustrated, it seems.
1: And he's just bitter.
0: <laughs> he's a little bitter. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because she doesn't, maybe it's like starting to impact her in a way where she's starting to think, well, maybe, maybe it doesn't want me here, or maybe it doesn't think I'm a mutant or something, but there's like some, it's like eating at her to the point where she's like, I'm just going to drink to deal with it. <laughs> and it seems to be working because she's like really embracing it and having a great time. Just kind of hide the fact that she's a little bit bitter about this. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. So after that, we cut to uh, Taipei, Taiwan, and we're met with... Uh, Um, a lady who's giving a speech essentially talking about her disappearing the husband and she said that the mutants stole her husband from him and she's kind of inciting kind of uh riling up this uh crowd a little bit against mutants and uh speaking for like the superiority of humanity um
1: she's like a political what i would see as like a political red herring where she's trying to create a problem where there isn't or like a mislead the people because like she's saying oh the the portal showed up and took my husband away not, oh, maybe her husband was a mutant and then left of his own free will. Or maybe her husband never left at all. Maybe she had no husband. Maybe she works for the government proper. And yeah. the government is just having her play this role. But it's it's definitely a lot of, like, you could tell it's political subterfuge.
0: Oh, yeah. She seems to be an agent provocateur of, of the sorts. Um, and as she's kind of riling up this crowd... Um, after her speech were met with bison no, bishop. a bishop why did i say bishop i we keep doing we did this last <laughs> yeah. week or a few weeks ago yeah where i, I went to say bastion <laughs> and i kept saying bison it's the b
1: words when they're spelled like that they, they, your mind wants to make that connection <laughs> this version of bishop is like
0: awesome oh, man. though yeah i love
1: how he comes out of the crowd wearing that like dark kind of noir style like uh, yeah, long hat, coat, and, like, Luster, Yeah. Yeah, like, all dressed up. I'm sure he's got his like normal bishop garb underneath. That's a little more. Slim. I also think that the way they draw bishop in this is a little more slimming, and how mm-hmm. he's been drawn in the
0: past. Oh yeah,
1: he's kind of been drawn a lot like cave, where they're like just super massive upper body. body. Yeah. <laughs> <Another thing>. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a more proportionate like bishop and it definitely has like a much better design with uh-huh. the, the kind of style but yeah he pulls back the hat and he is like i'm investigating some bullshit madam
0: <laughs> <laughs> i hear you words, and i think they're a little bullshit
1: <laughs> yeah that's...
0: what do you have to say about that
1: yeah, it's a, it's an interesting exchange of realities Where it's like Bishop is not eating up Any of that stuff and he's putting her on the spot But I mean the crowd is not waving They're all, all riled up already So yeah. they're just shouting slurs And just like pissed off And just all in, in a, a flutter over this
0: Yes And essentially the crowd is riled up um, She's not having any of what Bishop's saying And And she Immediately, he, he, he gets a hold of uh, Xavier, kind of telling him what's, what's going on. And then after that, we cut to the ocean. Good old ocean, where we're probably going to be spending a lot of time in this series. And we're met with uh, Kitty, uh, Iceman, and uh, Storm. And they're traveling along, and they find out that they, they have a stowaway. And that stowaway is none other than Pyro. And they specifically point out his accent to denote that this is the original Pyro, OG Pyro. OG back.
1: Pyro, the 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 typical Marauder, you know, Brotherhood of Mutants Pyro, the one that is is different from the previous one that I think was killed off in the last couple of years, not too recently, or I mean, uh, very recently ago. No. But yeah, we get the classic Pyro, the very like kind of snarky, like very playful i it's hard to get the the accent down in comic form but i usually would just go off of how they portrayed him in the the animated series from the 90s the, the traditional that's pretty much the voices for almost everyone
0: right.
1: like apocalypse sounds just like that for me pyro's got that it's funny like british accent or funny uh australian accent. accent yeah do you remember when they released pride of the x-men which was like that supposedly like a pilot series for the x-men uh animated series originally and wolverine was like Australian?
0: Oh, I don't remember watch that this. sometimes.
1: It came out like the late '80s. Download it and check it out, or stream it. It's so it's everywhere now. It's you could find that anywhere. It's a pretty easy one. It's short. I think it's only like a forty-minute like special or something. But Wolverine is Australian and it's very funny. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, 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 it's great.
1: It's a very unique voice, and I'm just thinking like, how did he become the Australian one? Pyro's the one who's like got the over-the-top Australian voice. Who messed this up? <laughs> Someone didn't get the memo. He's here, and he's on the team, and he's yeah. part of Kitty's ragtag crew, which is quite a crew. I mean, that's a force right there. Oh, yeah. Especially since, like, uh, they reintroduced Kitty over the years. Like, she's been more badass, but, I mean, you've got Storm uh, and Pyro and Iceman all together on your on your wannabe A-team. Like, that's great.
0: It's a pretty, pretty strong team we got building up here. So Kitty, yeah, essentially is like, yo, join the team. Don't kill people, which is interesting to say to Pyro. Don't 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 burn people! Please don't burn them.
1: He's like, uh, that's all I know how to do.
0: Yeah. You
1: don't want me to give them the clamps? The all clamps. Give them the clamps.
0: <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, she throws down that first law of Krakoa: don't kill people, don't kill humans, and is and then um, was like, hey, we're going to Russia, help us out. And we cut back to Russia, um, where we were. Uh, not too long ago, where Pyro, or Iceman, and this other mutant, Russian mutant, with the armor... I don't arm, know if he's armor. a mutant. He I might think not be a mutant.
1: I think he might just be a military personnel.
0: Yes. And uh, the team shows up. Now, let's talk about this trip. How long do you think that took?
1: From um, Krakow to, to Russia? Russia? <laughs> um, uh, I know that the pacific version of, or pacific crocacolan island it's kind of like i think it's like in the center of of the pacific ocean in like a in a sense of cryptography it's kind of like centered so i don't think it's absurdly long but i definitely know that traveling across sea to different continents is usually like a month thing <laughs> yeah it's gonna take a while right like when people would take a boat from like england to uh, New York. That was like, all right, this is what I'm doing for the next two months. So, and at least that's why I vaguely remember. It. I mean, also they have advanced technology. Maybe Storm was helping out, using her powers, sure. and manipulating nature, and that one might be another thing. But yeah, it seems like the travel time wasn't really explained or stressed in any way. And next thing you know, they're in Russia.
0: Yeah.
1: They're <laughs> like, we're setting out to Russia, and. We're there. <laughs>
0: Yes, so uh, they they show up to Russia and instantly uh, they start they start the assault and you see Storm and Iceman kind of go for the assault and then this they lead uh, the charge but this uh this uh the soldier with the damn mutant dampening uh, armor kind of uh, takes a hold and he's even like your cult's not welcome here to Mother Russia, but then we're met with Kitty and Kitty goes crazy. On these people, he she starts off by instantly phasing through his armor and destroying all that technology. Now, uh, Kitty, when she phases through uh, technology, uh, she could destroy all technology that she phases through. It
1: causes like a natural disruption in the technology. There's some sort of way that her body reacts to the technology. It gives off like almost uh I, I something it would be like akin to like a, a emp style like charge but it's localized with her phasing through what she's touching right just pretty much saps it causes it not to work which usually works pretty foolproof but then like iron man one time i think it was during like avengers or sex men she tried to face through him and he like put countermeasures in his armor for it and it like literally put her like in unconscious
0: <laughs> oh nice. But
1: it usually works it usually like on everyone else it's like i'm gonna face through it and they're just they're Equipment's useless. (laughs) Boom. Yes. This is really cool. This is kind uh, of a like a neat like way to use her. Phasing is cool, but using it in that way actually gives it even more layer and it's like, wow, like she's very her powers are actually quite versatile.
0: Yes. And we see that she starts phasing through all the soldiers, starts just just taking out soldiers one by one, phasing through them, and then a tank starts rolling up on her. She phases through that tank, takes this man's smoke grenades and just takes them off then leaves the tank, leaving him to just choke on his own gas.
1: But then right before that, before the tank even went down, she took the gun from those two guys. Oh,
0: yeah. Like phased oh,
1: it into dude, their legs.
0: Phased straight into the leg. And left it there. And just left it there. Just a chunk of their leg phased. Just, just shoved it in so,
1: there. So this is—you guys are now conjoined twins. <laughs> this gun is stuck in both of your legs in a very bloody way. Like even though this is like uh, the tone of like the story is less, the violence is still up there. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's still pretty on par with even some of the stuff we were seeing in the, the latter events of like powers. But man, that gun in between both of the legs—the way they animate that—is just—it's—it's a—it's a messy looking one. And that's, it's really cool to see Kitty like this, because when she came back, when Eden brought her back and they built her character from there, she was no longer like that little kid. Like she became like Shadow Cat, like a badass. Yeah. She learned how to fight. She learned how to like Wolverine trained her more specifically on how to fight. Uh, she got better at espionage and different types of missions. And just at one point she became like a team leader and really stepped up and became quite the badass. And now you see, like the that's like set in, like she's fermented as like a badass. I would throw, I would be just as, um, I would be just as confident as Kitty completing a mission as I would with Wolverine. You could send either one of those oh, yeah. people, in my head, and it would be no different. She's highly be, competent. Yeah, they could be just as vicious, just as accomplished, and just as uh, straightforward with their their onslaught. Like they could they could bring the heat
0: <laughs> yes absolutely and uh after she kind of phases through and takes out like the leader we have Pyro showing up and it's just like yo you got a light and she's like yeah yeah hold on lot and she calls lockheed and lockheed comes down and he's like yes yeah bitch yeah he
1: rides that dragon fire and it's just oh, yeah. like yeah and, and i, I guess, guess and i brought this up to you when i first read it originally is that like you know hey he kind of looks like those guys are pretty much dead. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: they're toasted. He
1: says, like, he's, he says in there he's trying to get rid of them, like you know, get them trying to run away and stuff, and like scare them off, and they're screaming retreat. But like they look like they're just surrounded by a torrent of fire, and they're just
0: there's no way there's they no survive, way they're gonna that. survive. No, but,
1: but it's implied that they did. The visually doesn't it doesn't look that way, but. The writing seems like and especially when they led into this and just like gruesomely,
0: like third degree burns so all over it the was like they're
1: immortalated, like just completely was turned to husks. of it seems like that's where the fire's building up around them. But Delta. oh yeah. I noticed that also Kitty got her, her sword too. She's now subjected yes. as a pirate captain because she has a rapier. Yes, <laughs> She took it from the leader guy. She, took, she took it
0: from, from, from the leader. She's like, yeah. I got your
1: your your fucking fencing sword now. <laughs> Get off my ship. <laughs> Not on. Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're met uh, with uh, after they do that, they pretty much uh, free all the um, mutants refugees, and the very akin
1: to X Men issue one, where they the, the Scott and his team went in and they they brought back the mutants as well. This is just another continuation. Even though the stories are are different characters, it's still the it's greater story that all they're the pushing towards.
0: It's all about the greater good of helping these mutants out.
1: And, and I feel the teams are really compartmentalized in a good way, where they feel like, and we, you'll notice that when we get into Excalibur and the other issues as well, they have their specific purpose, but they played the greater good. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the other issues back in the day where, um, well not even back. They, Just more recently where they broke it up to like x-men gold blue purple yeah. violet whatever like the nine different <laughs> x-men teams
0: it's ridiculous. you know
1: black watch plaid you know <laughs> it's just it's just convoluted because they were all doing like a thing that never really played to a greater narrative they all had their own agenda and their own story and it was just you're all part of the x-men yet what you guys are dealing with really doesn't seem like it could be traced back to helping out any of the other X Men. You guys are all on your own family agendas or storylines, and this is like Marauder stuff, and what they're doing with X Men and other teams as well is all plays together, pulls we'll into a greater narrative. That's great. That's really impressive, and I hope that's more to do with because like Hickman is House of X or head of X.
0: Head of X. Holding
1: down what they at the top, being the head of things. Like hopefully he's he's keeping things in line and he has more yeah. sway, like versus what he did with like Secret.
0: Exactly. Cool. Fingers crossed. Hopefully. Part, seems like Hopefully. Um so we're met with uh as the refugees are just like, Thank you, who are you? And and uh we're shadow <laughs> catch just like we're the marauders, bitch. Don't yeah. you know it's the guardians of the galaxy moment? She's yeah. all like, Yeah, I, I had sex with one of the guardians. I know how this goes. Yeah, she ended up being a Peter for a while, yeah. That's yeah. true. And then they
1: made her Star Lord at one point because she yeah, was weird.
0: Which is point. really
1: weird because she dressed just like him, but Star Lord was never like an Iconic character in the sense of, like, Captain America. So, like, wearing Star-Lord's garb is just kind of funny.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: it's just because it's his normal. He doesn't even have a garb in a sense. He's just like, oh, this is my flight jacket and my helmet and then her wearing it is just like oh weird <laughs> like she's trying to cosplay as him or something i don't know what's going yeah. on but yeah she has a very campy like point at like because there's someone there and i and um, was it rob from comics explain actually mentioned it too where it's like wait if these people are in like a, a internment camp because they're mutants like someone has like a cell phone just on hand like just whips it out and starts recording right and it's really strange but she does like this whole like reacting to it where she's just like, Tell everyone that if any mutants are in trouble and they're being held captive, the marauders have got their back and they're coming for them. <laughs> <And> <laughs> points right at the camera in the dumbest way. Yeah. But it works. I, I mean I can hate the campiness, but also appreciate it that it was it was meant to be lighthearted. It wasn't it wasn't meant to be ham fisted or anything like that. Exactly. And I'm digging the sword. I hope she keeps it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> For sure. The sword's cool. And we cut to a little bit later. They're back at sea, heading back to Krakowa. And she's painting a flag. And she faces back to the roof where everyone else is. They're all just hanging out. And uh, Kitty and Storm kind of have this moment. Because they were they were once kind of like... They had like a kind of mentor-mentee mentality at the moment. And and they're just kind of... Uh, talking to one another kind of confiding in one another and let me mention like once again locky comes up and flies onto her shoulders and he has two fingers in his mouth who is he like killing like go back up a little bit right there
1: oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> the things where it's like he yeah so if, if, if they didn't if if Pyro didn't kill those guys by cooking them alive, then did Locky just eat those fingers? Eat some
0: fingers, from, some toasty fingers
1: from some of the the like the Russian soldiers and just leave them there bleeding out, or did he eat the Russian soldiers? Like that part's funny. He always is bringing her weird stuff. He's like half dog, half dragon, space alien creature.
0: Yes, and uh, we get a moment, a kind of a growing moment here with a uh, with uh, Kitty in that. Um, Very
1: akin, actually, to what it was like with—was uh, it Polaris and Scott were rehashing at the end of last issue?
0: Kind uh-huh. of like
1: it's a breakdown of like what this is—the new way for the mutants, but they're also yes. acknowledging what their part is that they're going to play in it and how significant that is. And this is almost kind of like the coalescence of her team coming together, and they're gonna—this is going to be their team going forward, which is interesting to have both Storm and Kitty on a team. Yeah, it seems like they're kind of. Stretching their leader base a little thin with that, but, uh, I mean, b- doubling up their leader base a little too much. Like, I feel like Kitty and Storm could easily run their own team of ragtag people pretty well. But, you know, hey, what, you know, more power to them to have, like, a, I guess the Marauders are supposed to be very versatile. So, I mean, Storm is one of the most versatile mutants you could have. Sure. So why not? But fair enough, I dig it. I dig- the one thing I don't dig, I mean, I do dig the logo, because you get this, he, you see what she was putting together as a yeah. flag get this huge mutant marauder flag where it's just like a skull with an x on it like the marauders version of the jolly roger and i dig that but what i don't dig is it in the title word marauder
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: where they supplement the word with maraud- the word marauders with like instead of actually using it a like the, it's like the it? proper letter it's like a, an a, a yeah. yeah so one of the a's of marauders when she says it, when they're being recorded, is just straight a skull.
0: Yeah, and it's <laughs> on the title, too, I believe. On the- yeah, and the title
1: on the That's actual the cover page, yeah, as well. Yeah. twice, and it's just... I I could have done that. Yes, <laughs> that's like little some silly. weird overbranding stuff. A little
0: silly, but yes, yeah. uh, we get a moment with uh, Iceman and Iceman just like, where are we going, Kitty? And she's just like, anywhere we want to, bitch. We're the Guardian. Wait, nope, not the Guardians. Not that. That was my yeah. last. That was the last thing. She keeps doing that. She yeah. goes. She keeps going back to that. We're
1: the Marauders of
0: the mutants. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, uh, but of the mutant galaxy.
0: <laughs> she says, uh, "Do me a favor." Call me Kate. No more kitty. No more kitty pride. And they
1: still fucked it up because there's just some issue. I'm still calling her kitty. I'll I'm call her Shadow kitty. Cat. I'll call her all that stuff. Kate. it's <laughs> Kate. <laughs> like, hey, Kate. Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> Please uh, call me that. Like, Kate. Come up with it. She could have at least came up with a, a mutant, like, like new moniker or something like that. Or she could have went Apocalypse's route and she's like, I'm just a letter. Yeah. Just come with me. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I'm Special K.
0: <laughs> Special K coming at you with my dragon that eats fingers. He eats fingers and helps pyro-murder
1: people, yes. people.
0: Yes. And then we are left with a little bit of gossip from Bar Sinister via the Red Diamonds. Yeah,
1: it's something I, heard. I almost jumped the gun with her. Yes. This is the
0: this Sinister gossip I admit.
1: Yes. Yeah, this is the secret uh, Sinister's, what's happening around Krakoa and what he's been taking note of.
0: Yeah, and it's just uh, what's happening in these. So we get like a few secrets of what's going on throughout uh, Bar sinister, um, kind of just teasing you of like uh, what's happening. Nothing really. What's a big takeaway? Because I'm not really getting a a big takeaway from any any of these secrets.
1: It wasn't. It just felt like he's trying to test. The the structure and the, and the, I guess you could say, the defense or the, the overall wholeness of what Krakoa is and what they're trying to do with their mutant mm-hmm. uh, philosophy moving forward. He's trying to look and see if he can poke any holes through it or if there's anything of note that he seems to be off. Because he's not privy to a lot of the stuff that Charles and Magneto and Moira are talking about and a lot of their little actual uh, true motives are. I mean, he, he gets enough of what Charles wants to do with Krakoa oh, right. and with the Krakoan um, flowers, but he knows that there's also more going on behind that, and he doesn't quite understand what it is. And it seems like a lot of his musing here is like trying to figure out who, who, who is, is someone he could probably keep tabs on to find out more information, mm-hmm. what are some flaws within Krakoa that maybe he could use to his advantage later. But all, all of it, it just seems like it's all little bits of of tidbits that maybe will play a greater part later. Well, will play a greater part later on, but we're not getting anything anything concrete, concrete here. It's just like, just sinister looking at something going, oh, I'm, I'll have to remember this. And then he writes it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's pretty much it. Nothing really to...
0: That is it. And that concludes this issue, issue number one of Marauders. Now what was your favorite moment of this issue?
1: Um uh, Marauders. Um yeah the gun. The gun being phased between the two ladies. Oh and the yeah guys that, that was being, awesome. Like, yeah. Makeshift version of Conjoined Twins only like, that was rough. That was not I was not expecting Kitty to do something like that. I I mean sure she like beats Sorry, like, breaks arms and busts nose and like black you know, blackens eyes and stuff, but I had never seen anything do it. Like, those guys are gonna need surgery or amputated legs. Because that's are, like
0: the, that you know. chunk is gone. Yeah, that's gone. Was,
1: like the the rifle butt was in like that dude's kneecap.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so is, like part of that kneecap's gone, part of that muscle is gone, and part of all of those tendons are gone. It's over. It's over.
1: Yeah, it's never, it's never anything good when you have whole. Parts of cartilage replaced by metal that isn't there to supplement the weight of the cartilage. <laughs> it's not like you're getting a metal rod in your leg. Yeah. You're getting a metal gun in your leg. That's uh, not either. No. there. That's my standout moment. I like that the best because, like her throwing down right there, isolated how much of a badass she was and how good she is to be the leader of of the Marauders in this in the way they're being used. And I like how they're like that special, like, ragtag group of people. Just like, we got to get out there, we got to go behind enemy lines, we got to sneak into Vietnam, and we got to get back our people.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's good, and they're rolling around in their boat that's like a very traditional boat, <laughs> kind of an old school boat. It's not too, I bet it's souped up on the inside, but on the outside, it seems like it's more of like a, just like a basic boat traveling around inconspicuously. And that's, that's going to be interesting how they use that or what plays into it. I hope there's, like, secret revealed that the boat has, like, an onboard weapon system that's, like, really badass. Like, transforms into all these guys.
0: That'd be cool. Yeah.
1: They're like, call the boat. We need it. And it just, like, pulls up and just starts
0: shooting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we got backup. <laughs> but, yeah, that was my takeaway. What about you?
0: That was good. Um, I enjoyed the Pyro Lockheed team up. That was amazing. Just fire on fire. Anything fire related is always good. Just him. I still think those those soldiers are dead for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no, there's no way they survived. But ultimately, going through this issue, like, during this podcast just now, my favorite moments are just Lockheed with the random, like, where'd you, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that body part? Yeah, and those are easy to miss. <laughs> going
1: through, you wouldn't notice them, really. Like, it's like, oh, well, okay, he ate that bird. But then it's like, oh, the finger's, like, hanging in there. And, like, I totally forgot about that. Like, I didn't even really register with me, like, going through. I think I might have caught it the first time it said something about it. But then after coming back through and reading it again, I, I almost missed it. Like it's just this little subtle thing where you just pay attention to what Lockheed's doing, like see how he works with Pyro, see how he reacts, yeah. see the things he like just does for Kitty, and it's like really just amusing all the way. That's always been Lockheed's thing. He's always been kind of like a quasi uh, joke throwaway character. Sure, it was always ham and like Warlock for the New Mutants. Like they were always like the weird jokey mascot characters. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's, it's strange that he's he survived all this time, but at the same time. I'm happy with it. You can keep locking him down. As weird down a place as he is, that, that gives him a place, I guess, in the weirdness of the mutant world.
0: Yeah. For sure. And that is it for this, uh, Marauders. But next week, we will be talking about our next uh, our next issue, our next time on Podcast of X, we will be talking about... Nailed it. Gambit, <laughs> you did, you got it That was perfect, It was beautiful <laughs> We were going to be talking about Excalibur We're going to be talking about the Braddicks We're going to be getting down on a little bit of Captain Britain A little bit of uh, Psylocke we'll, We're going to get to see some Rogue and some Gambit again, finally
1: Hopefully, hopefully this won't sway people away Because Excalibur has an, a, a bit, bit of a, a notorious background Those, those issues were always... Especially in the older X-Men, were always out there. The Excalibur team was always the who's who of like weird X-Men repurposing characters.
0: It is, oh. and it's, it seems to be following suit in these newer ones as well. I would say, sort of.
1: So yeah, Excalibur will or will not, or will Pete Wisdom join us next week? <laughs> <laughs> the man who can make energy daggers for fingers and then throw. Them. Yes, Ooh, yes. <laughs> you know they all the X-Power or uh, Excalibur uh, classics. We're going to bring them all
0: back. You'll see them next time on Podcast of X. But I'm Kyle. I'm with Danny. Catch us next time. The robots will kill you. So go out there and have a good life. See you next time. Peace.